All right, welcome to Old School Jank. You are Ben Mankiewicz with you guys. Uh, lots to talk about. Uh, we did promise you um, at some point in one of our shows that we would show you a video of Ben getting hit with a lead pipe. We're gonna deliver on that today, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, I hired someone to go to his house and hit him with a lead pipe in the middle of the show. You guys are gonna love it, okay? <laughs> now, uh, what's the obviously untrue part of that story? Me having the money to hire someone. To yeah, I was gonna say, the hiring. <laughs> you could talk someone into it, but there's no way you would pay them to do it, right? Yeah, um, okay, so uh, as always, uh, Old School brought to you by the thugs at shoptyt.com. I'm wearing an unfortunate shirt, it's Dragon Squad. Ben, yeah. do you even know what uh, Dragon Squad is? Oh, look, there we go. No. So Dragon Squad is their, um, is their squad, okay, they just came out with it, John made it up like for a fun uh, and then it stuck. And and uh, they gave Anna and I nicknames, which I instantly loved. And then so I was like, okay, that's it, I'm, I'm Dragon Squad. Um, I'm Justice Dragon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Anna's Salt Dragon. Um, and and there was- Because she's salty? Yes. That's, all right. Yeah. Lee. <laughs> Those are great names. Um, okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because there's now we got to come up with a dragon for you. No. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Hebrew dragon, um, <laughs> grounded, grounded dragon. I like that idea. <laughs> uh, hey, are you gonna get up there and you know fight against the bad guys? Nah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of grounded. How about uh, this dragon? I don't mind that one. <laughs> oh, the oi dragon? Oi, dragon. Oi, this <laughs> dragon. Manischewitz uh, dragon? That's good. Manischewitz dragon? Manischewitz. Manischewitz. I know. That's right. I got you. Oh, yes. Manischewitz. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's think about it for a little bit. By the end of the show, we'll have a we'll have a little pick from those great, <laughs> great suggestions. Yeah. The, the mank drag? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, shoptyt.com. Um, I was gonna wear another shirt, but I realized we actually rotate the shirts out, and that one is not on the shop anymore. So I'm not saying you should panic over shirts that are at the shop before they disappear. I'm just saying, um, and and of course, too strong coffee. Although I think we're almost past Christmas now. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, if you get the Santa mug, the one that says Santa's progressive and Jesus is too, you can still buy it for 20 bucks. You can do the sampler, you can do the package, you can do the whole thing. And I gotta make it by Christmas, okay? I'm just keeping it real with you, okay? Uh, we're the only folks uh, who, who level with you. This is the mug you get if you buy three bags or more, all right? There you go. It's a very big mug, as is It yours. is. Yeah. yeah, what do you think about big mugs? I don't like big mugs because it encourages you to fill them up and coffee is pointless when it's not extremely hot. Like it it just doesn't it, I have no interest in it. I don't understand why other people do either unless you're having an iced coffee, which that's an entirely different beverage. So yeah, I only like coffee when it's hot, and the, so the big mug is pointless. No one can drink that much coffee while it's hot. It can't be done. Even my father, um, who yeah. the microwave was the greatest invention in the world because it enabled him to zap coffee, you know, thirty times if he needed to. All right, I assume you're not. You're going to veto tiny mug dragon. 
<laughs> Tiny Mug Dragon. I would still, I, I, I didn't mention what I think is the leading contender, which is again with the dragon. That's what I, that's the dragon <laughs> I'd love to be. Again with the dragon. That's yeah. hilarious. But yeah. Ben, doesn't this look like, and now I'm past the, the plug. I'm just, this looks like the mug from um, The Hateful Eight. Uh, except obviously not the brand, no, but that mug that mug has to be tin. Like that's a tin it has mug, to be tin, right? This is yeah, not you, tin. you could right. that you could but it break looks along like the, the old school uh, tin mug. That's why it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's just it's uh, the you know, and of course those mugs you can't you know nobody's putting cream and sugar into those mugs. No, no. The, to yeah. be fair, the tin cup, especially if it's yeah. tin. It, you got you got to drink that one. Yeah, but you got to drink it straight. It's, that's right. It's, that's that's uh, that's uh, that's black only. But See, uh, yeah, funny. I don't. Like, that's such an old school rule, and people who watch old school get it. Like, oh, it's a tin cup. You got to drink black coffee in it. Everybody else would be like, what? Why? Why <laughs> does sugar and cream not work in tin? Is there something with cream and tin that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't blend? The tin uh, seeps into the milk. It, you know, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and I I would even I'm okay. I would allow sugar, but you can't put cream into a tin cup of coffee. You just can't. No, so I mean, and, and like you could put sugar in only because no one would know, <laughs> right? I mean, you just sneak <laughs> it in, right? But you shouldn't even put sugar in. But I got you. But yes, of course you could. It just, but then you have to pretend like it's not there. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's the thing about groupthink, right? In a sense, I mean, we're doing a fun version of it. But somehow you and I both thought that, even though we've never discussed it, and neither has anyone else ever. No, and we've never had a tin cup of coffee, and we never will. Odds yeah. are, you but you might you might us, find yourself in a Bolivian prison, but I'm less likely. Yeah, less likely. Uh, both of us immediately thought, no, it has to be black if it's in t- tin cup. You can't put cream. Like we yeah, just do that, right? I mean, we think that. Uh, uh, there's some possibility that uh, that Jeff Bridges or Sam Jackson and the Hateful Eight is like you. Uh, you, you want coffee? Ooh, yeah, a little uh, splash of uh, half and half and some equal. You know, I mean, come yeah. On. yeah. No, no, nobody's putting like hazelnut creamer, <laughs> uh, right? Is oh, just oh, regular black or holiday the- eggnog creamer? Ooh, yeah. I'll take some of that. Yeah, you guys have no a vanilla nut. Eight. You guys have a vanilla nut blend? Yeah, it's not that. <laughs> Although to be fair, of course, if they were sitting around the campfire uh, back in the day uh, in the West and they had it, they would have used it. They just didn't have. They would have used. They would have used it. I mean, all these tough guys that we look back on, like they would have. Right. The 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 uh, the pleasantries of life would have. They would have loved it. Like you know, you're sleeping outside, and they're like, "Wait a minute, I can put a sleeping bag on my back that like weighs nothing and keeps me warm all night and kind of has a built-in pillow." No, I don't want one of those. I'll continue to sleep on the ground and use a rock as a pillow and nearly freeze to death, but feel tough, right? I mean, come on, of course they were, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about like those old school tough guys. They weren't doing it because they were tough. They were doing it because they didn't have a choice and doing it made them tough, not the other way around. Yeah, I mean like the and football players from the 50s, you know, in the 40s, when I don't remember when they put the face mask in, I think in the 40s. But they'd be like, yeah, we can make the helmets better and you won't uh, have your bell rung quite so much. I probably didn't even call it a concussion, but your head will feel better, way better, and it's much safer. And then they won't be able to poke you in the eye. I mean, they'd have been like, great, that sounds good, right? Especially if they all said it, like, hey, let's not pretend that we're not tough because of this. We're still football players in the 50s. But also, they're like, hey, we invented a pad. It won't slow you down. It'll go here and you'll uh, you'll break your femur less often. 
<laughs> you know, they'd be like, oh, great. Right. I like that because how many guys like played two years, couldn't walk and their careers were over. Yeah. Uh, I like my femur. That's right. Yeah, totally. I want to, I want my femur to stay in good shape my entire life. Yeah. I'm for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Well, the only downside was that Obama almost put me in a femur camp. <laughs> okay. Ben and I met uh, in a station called Whammy uh, down in Miami a long time ago. W A M I. WAMI, you're right, that sounds way better. Every time I pause, I'm about to say whammy in Miami, and every time it sounds so silly. So I stumble around with whammy in a place called Miami, and that doesn't really yeah. make it any better. But that was their whole thing, that was the marketing, whammy in Miami. That's why they chose WAMI, they made it up. Yeah, no, no. Anyway, <laughs> so Ben was down at WAMI reporting. Right. At that point, I don't know if I was still in sales or if I had not even entered the company yet, but but we were not working together no, yet. No, I don't, I don't think so. This was pretty early on, so I don't think you were. You were there yet? I would say this was still probably in 1998. Um, okay. I don't think you were. I don't think you were there until 99, right? Well, no, I, I got there in summer of 98, and but I waited around a while because I was the. Uh, I thought I was going to host one of the pilots. A, a story we've discussed in the past, and I stayed in that crack hotel uh, for a bunch of months. Oh, I thought you came after it was already on the air, but uh, in my revisionist uh, history, so maybe you were there. But I, I do think this was. I mean, I feel like this was in the first couple of weeks. We we signed on the air in June. I feel like this was definitely still at least July, but who the hell knows? You know, well, ben, I can look it up. I have the paper. I found the paper when we moved. Uh, the Miami Herald did a story on. So that was uh, so. Yeah, I, I can find that out. Not that it matters. For a couple of non-tough guys who never had to use a rock as a pillow, you know, we we've got some through some stuff. Uh, I, I remember that uh, in that crack hotel. Um, like people would knock on my window. And I've told this story a couple of times over the course of 20 years, so some of you might know. But in the middle of the night, constantly people knocking on my window. I was on the ground floor, and so one day I finally asked the the receptionist. I said, "What's going on? Why why people keep knocking on my window? Do you have any idea?" He's like, "Yeah, that's where they used to. That's the room they used to sell the crack out of." So people are just asking, like, "Hey, hey, you there? You got any crack?" Because so they don't know that we we got rid of that and we refurbished the the motel, and and so they think you're a crack dealer. So and I you, was know, like, you know, oh, that's great. So it's funny, like, like yeah. And I would have stayed there too. And we we tell a story here frequently of when we went, uh, we took some young Turks <clears throat> trip to Vegas, and because the young Turks never had any money and didn't care about things like this, they booked us into the circus circus. Which I guess has been renovated and still blows, but it was pre-renovation. I mean, it was the worst hotel on the strip, and that's not like, oh, well, at least you got to stand. No, it was a terrible hotel. It did have a casino, right? But it was a terrible hotel, and we were there. And again, we were paying for it. And the only reason that I wouldn't stay there was because for nineteen dollars more a night, you could stay at Harris, which was. 88% or 188% cleaner. So that's why I didn't stay at Circus Circus. But if you and I had been like driving across the country somewhere and we had no money and that was a hotel and a place we stayed at, we would have stayed in that hotel. I would have been like, yeah, fine, the door locks and there are sheets on the bed and it has a bathroom. Well, I mean, yeah. 
First of all, I can prove that I'd stay at that hotel because after they told me that, that my room was the crack room, I stayed there for months afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, and 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 the what reminded me of the story really is that my first the first little place that I had on my own after my uh, uh, first marriage uh, ended, um, after I was done living with uh, Michael Shore, was kind enough to to let me stay in a guest room of his for seventeen months. <laughs> when I finally thought, you know, it's time to uh, uh, to move out on my own, I got a, a place in Santa Monica. It was a uh, I call it a bungalow because that sounds romantic, but there's all these little tiny apartments in Santa Monica that are bungalow-like, and they were built for airport workers at at Clover Field, uh, which was the airport prior to, to LAX, and all the workers there, the war workers, they built this so they'd have a place to live. So it was very small, but I, I did love living there, but it was right across the street from, I can't remember what the name of the hotel is, and uh, this little yellow motel. Um, and uh, And at night, Frequently, uh, the cops would come, and and we the, the alley where our trash, where my trash can was, uh, abutted that alley for that hotel. I mean, you could you could walk out my little door and lob a tennis ball without putting any effort and hit the roof of the hotel, and it was a crack hotel, and that's why the cops were there. And they had just renovated it, but the reason cops came and not people knocking on the door was because like buyers didn't even know like people like oh i know hey we're in santa monica you go to that yellow hotel and you'd be that's where you buy crack and they'd be walking around trying to buy crack and then finally somebody would be like stop knocking on my door guy like you and be like we don't sell crack here and the cops would come and in santa monica when you when you call the police it's like you're like hey police there's somebody here trying to buy crack and i don't sell crack so would you get here as soon as you can okay thanks and right before you hang up the phone uh the police are there it's a very rapid response time in Santa Monica. Yeah, it not so much in other parts of LA. That's um, right. That's right. Right. So, and and by the way, just last thing on the hotel, so, motel. So why did I stay there? Because it turns out um, a, a model, such a Miami story, had bought the place probably for like three bucks, and then renovated and like did like art on the on the outside wall, and it looked okay. And I was like, I don't get it. This, like, I can't afford anything else in Miami, but this thing's like, you know, way up on on Miami Beach, so it's not anywhere near South Beach or anything like that. But still, it doesn't make sense. There's no motels anywhere around here at this price, and it looks okay. I don't get it. So that that's and then that when I found out it was a crack motel before, I was like, oh, that's why you could I could afford this motel. And, and then that, I was that, like, "Oh, what a deal! I love it. Who cares that it was a crack motel? I'm staying right. here for good." Yeah, I mean, if it were still a crack motel, you might not have felt as happy about that. But they, uh, but also whoever that model was who bought it for three bucks or three hundred thousand dollars or whatever price they paid, uh, you know, I mean, either they still own it uh, or they've sold it and they're a rich person. Like any property you bought, because Miami Beach, which some people may not know, was really uh, a, a dangerous. Um, it's shocking how one dangerous it was, but really how uh, undesirable it was that it took so long to recognize, hey man, you're in Miami and there's a beach right here. It's called Miami Beach and you gotta, you know, you gotta go across the, uh, uh, you know, what do they go? What did you drive across the causeway? You got a choice of a couple of causeways to get there. And then you're at the beach at the end of the continent. And it's Miami Beach, and the water's beautiful, and the beaches are beautiful. 
maybe there's value here and we can turn this into something. And and of course they did. But in, through the 80s, it was a challenging place. And, and then it got built up sort of slowly block by block. Already now, we left 20 years ago and it's it's largely unrecognizable. And it was nice when we were there. Yeah, that's why it wasn't Miami nice, it was Miami Vice. That's right, um, that's right. Yeah. Um, all right, so. Ben had done a story about these movers, and and he tracked them down to the to their house. I gotta uh, give just a slight tiny. Yeah, bit of I was gonna say. I mean, here's where I'm gonna hand it off to Ben. Okay, good. Oh, you're handing it off now. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so uh, we had a reporter who's now a reporter, uh, I think, in San Diego, but he was for some time, and his name is uh, John Madison. He is a brilliantly skilled investigative reporter, but he'd never been on TV and he wasn't quite ready to go on TV. He's on now. Um, and uh, he sort of dug up the story of these movers who, I mean, they were, there was a Trump-like quality to them in the brazen nature of their crimes. I mean, they would take your stuff, they would promise a price, and then they either wouldn't deliver your stuff ever <laughs> Or they would, and then when you complained, they'd be like, oh, yeah, uh, it's going to be $9,000. And you'd be like, you were going to do this for $850 or $1,800. Like, yeah, it's $9,000. And then if you called to complain, you know, somebody'd call and then they'd come to your house and with lead pipes and threaten you. They, they, uh, an uh, uh, old man in a, with a cane, they knocked the cane out, knocked him over. Um, they'd come back and they'd show, or they'd show up at your house and they'd be like, "Oh, here's your stuff. Your TV costs four hundred dollars for us to take it off the truck." <laughs> you know, and and so they they were extortionists, and uh, so he threw it, and and they had shell companies and used different names, and they were intimidated. They were mobbed up, um, their own kind of mob, Russian mob, and uh, uh, Russia Gate. Yeah, that's right, Russia Gate. So so John tracked him down, but John wasn't ready to be on there, so he really handed it off to me to. to to take it from there, but he had done the the real uh, quality investigative work, and I went and found this guy. Drove around, went to the address we had for this dude, and and nobody was there. And so we then looped around again. And you know, I'm such a non Mike Wallace type. I was I say this every time, but it was in my head like we're gonna find this guy, and it's gonna turn out that his it's his brother in law who's been doing all this, and he's been getting the crap for it for this is a nice neighborhood up in Fort Lauderdale area, Broward County. So. Uh, so then we drive around the block and we see these guys out from this guy, somebody out front of the house, and we circle back and I go, well, maybe that's them. And by the time we got back, uh, I asked the neighbor, and the neighbor's like, oh, yeah, that guy owns a moving company. And they were inside, and the house was sort of shut down. And I knocked on the door and nothing. I knocked again, and the cameraman is in the street, and I'm where I have a microphone that's connected wirelessly. Knock on the door, finally he answers it. He goes, What? I go, Hey, you know, I'm with Whammy TV. I know you never heard of it. <laughs> but, uh, we're doing the story about these uh, sort of extortionist movers, and uh, uh, it's tracked down to this address. And I, I just want to get your thoughts. You know, maybe this isn't a member of your family. <laughs> I'm doing everything wrong. Right. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then eventually uh, he says, uh, Come, goes like this. He goes, uh, Come, come in. And he okay. comes in. Yeah, go ahead. All right, I don't know where the tape picks up, so I, I want to see maybe that's where it picks up. So since we found the tape, you want to run it now, Ben? Oh yeah, sure. I saw it. I thought we just had that end of it. Yeah, let's go. Let's see what it is. I'll fill it in. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that's just the tail end. Yeah. So, but but I was right there. So I said, and he says, "Come, come in." 
And he mentioned with his finger like that. And I stepped in and he reached uh, back like into another room. It was like this, but it was an off room. And uh, and and then I was like, oh, he's going to show me the paperwork that it's his brother's. I don't know why that was in my head the whole time. And then he kind of comes around and he swings down and, you know, it's my phone. But it looked to me like he had a gun. And I thought, this was channel 69, whammy. I was like, I am going to get killed doing a story that's not even mine for channel 69. It's not even a network affiliate. All those thoughts and go for your mind. But what? How <laughs> lame is this? I'm 34 years old. I'm going to get shot for channel 69. And then I was like, already you're thinking, will he shoot me again after he hits me? Like, I'm going to get out the door and will he shoot me like a dog? Who would shoot a dog like that? Will he shoot me like a dog in his yard? Right. And then I look and I'm like, oh, he's bringing the thing down. It's not uh, uh, a gun. It's like a lead pipe. Fantastic. And then he hit me right below the butt in the back of the leg. And that's where you see this. Okay, 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 okay. Son of a bitch, son of a bitch. And that's our cameraman shooting. And you mic, I think I throw the mic. I hurl the, the mic away at some point. And uh, yeah, he hit me in the, in the back of the leg. It's amazing the amount of thought you can squeeze into half a second, right? So right, that you right. just explained the half second pre getting hit, post getting hit. How relieved were you, uh, and how long did it take for the bruise to go away? Oh, well, the, 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 as soon as I recognized the thing, the relief came. Like he's not going to kill me. I mean, he might hit me in the head, but I probably get out of here. Like I'm running out, and he's hitting me with something, and I'll make it to the street. And my odds of dying just went down from, you know, thirty one percent to like less than one. Like all that was sort of, and then when I realized when I'd been hit, and of course, I mean, he was, you know, he wasn't trying to kill me or he would have hit me in the head. I mean, he was going for my leg. Um, so, you know, don't get mad at that guy. <laughs> he was, uh, uh, and uh, so I felt enormous, enormous relief. And then shortly thereafter, intense, intense pain. 